Welcome to The Breakdown with Barack or Rebecca, the weekly podcast that breaks down politics, policy, and current affairs. I'm Michael Broadcorp. And I'm Becky Scher. We're bringing you a different type of podcast than usual today. It's the end of summer. It's almost September. It's right around the corner. You know what that means, football season. So we thought we'd do a little change of pace today. We're pleased to welcome a Minnesota sports expert, a best-selling author, and realist, and the <laughs> ultimate Vikings optimist, Dan Winnesota. Dan is born and raised in Minnesota who loves our sports teams, but like many of us, was constantly wondering, why do bad things keep happening to us? Dan has written two books, A Slapshot in Time, about the history of the Minnesota Fighting Saints, and A History of Heartbreak, 100 Events That Tortured Minnesota Sports Fans. He's even created a film titled Winnesota, which he calls an amateur mockumentary film about the heartbreak heartbreaks of being a Minnesota sports fan. So we're going to dive into all things Dan, Vikings, and upcoming season. And of course, as we promised, we're concluding our food fights for now with our most fair, very good, Becky, fair fight of all, top Minnesota State Fair Foods. Thank you so much for joining us for this out-of-the-box episode, and let's get started with our guests. Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me. Expert might be laying it on thick a little bit there, but, uh, but I appreciate that. At the intro. <laughs> you are an expert, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Tell us, our listeners, and first of all, let me just say, Dan, I've always wanted to have you on. When Becky and I were talking about this podcast, you were on the list of initial guests that we had. I wish the subject was better because we are talking Minnesota sports, <laughs> but we've always wanted to have you on, and the timing couldn't be better. And so give our listeners a little bit of your backstory and why you chose this path of misery that you have, which is focusing on Minnesota sports. Well, I mean, I grew up a Minnesota sports fan. Gosh, eight, late 70s, early 80s. Um, I don't remember any of the Vikings Super Bowls. I mean, I was born, but I don't remember any of them. So when I grew up, the Twins were terrible. The Vikings were terrible. You know, um, growing up, watching all these sports, watching all these bad things happen, um, just noticing the commercials on TV or the highlights where they would always show that, you know, the Steve Young one where he runs all the way back and uh, – 10 Vikings miss him or the every Barry Sanders highlight is, you know, why is it always against the Vikings? You know, it just seems like it stands out. Like we have all these miserable things. And so I'm a, I'm a documentary fan. And one night I was watching this uh, uh, documentary called uh, believe land. It's about Cleveland and all their sports history. And, um, and they talk about all their woes and they have, they actually like rank them and well not rank them, but they have like, they have names for them, like milestones, like the drive, the fumble, you know, all that for each one of their little things and um, for each one of their bad events, I'm watching it going, wait a second, Minnesota's got one that's worse than that. Like they talk about, um, they talk about the trade where the the Cleveland ball team uh, um, 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 trades Rocky Calavito. How do you argue a trade with a Minnesota fan? We have the Herschel Walker trade. Um, they talk about the fumble in their AFC championship game with Ernest Biner. On that exact same day that Ernest Biner fumbled that ball in the AFC championship, Darren Nelson fumbled the ball on the goal line in, in the you know the NFC state champs. So we had this. I'm going back. It started out for me as like a letter. I wrote it to the director of the film, Andy Billman, like, Hey, here's my rebuttal, man. You know, like (laughs) this is us. Um, Oh, and one other thing too, is in, in that film, they talk about um, the Cleveland Cavaliers and how they were owned by this evil guy named Ed step, Ted Stepien, who had uh, gotten rid of all their draft picks and just made the franchise horrible. And then these heroic owners came in and bought the team, the gun brothers. 
Well, in the film, they show a picture <laughs> of the Gun Brothers, right? Yep. Uh, with the North Stars flag behind them, because of course the Guns also owned the uh, Cleveland Barons, and they eventually merged with the North Stars, and they came here and tried to take the North Stars to San Jose. So I'm watching this all, and I'm going, "Wait a second, they're not heroes. They tried to take my North Stars away, right?" So I, I wrote this whole rebuttal, and and you know, listed, my, you know, laid out my case with all my examples, and and. Uh, um, and then it kind of, you know, one of my friends, uh, had a, I used to write a little bit in college. I wouldn't even call it writing. It was ranting. And um, one of my friends said, you know, you should you should start doing that again and create a blog to kind of go along with this stuff. And, um, and you know, uh, what is it? Super 70 Sports had posted something about Jim Marshall running the wrong way on this day 50 years ago. And I was like, you know, somebody should kind of put a list together of all the bad things that happened, you know. So I made this whole list of, of everything that happened, every date. And uh, one morning I'm listening to the radio and, and my friend Barrero says, uh, send us your worst Minnesota sports memory. And I sent them the whole thing, like all 12 months laid out day by day. And he was just like, what is this? I want to use it. And like the next day I got an offer to do a book. Like I didn't set out to be an author or anything like that, but. And you've well, done a couple things. Oh, ahead, you, well, I was just going to say, and you've done two. So that's yeah. uh, an impressive place to be. But Michael, I know you've, I mean, I, I believe you have them sitting next to you right now. <laughs> yes. I've, now I've read both of your books. Both of them are absolutely Appreciate fantastic. Let's start on the positive first. Let's start with the Minnesota Fighting Saints. And in the interest of disclosure, I'm wearing a Minnesota Saints fighting cap, baseball cap. Dan's wearing one too. Um, for the video, people that can see it. But in just a little bit of personal history, as I'll have more about the Vikings, but certainly with the Fighting Saints, my dad, God rest his soul, was a season ticket holder of both the North Stars and the Minnesota Fighting Saints. And he was a wow. big fan of the two. He was a big fan of the Minnesota Fighting Saints. He just liked going to the Civic Center. He liked going to that arena. He liked seeing them play. He liked the dynamic. And he always spoke more fondness in terms of stories, much more about the Fighting Saints than he did the North Stars. And we were season ticket holders not up to the end, but near the end. But it's just a it's a great what's lost a lot in Minnesota's hockey history is the Minnesota Fighting Saints. So let's start with the good and let's talk about your book a little bit about the Minnesota Fighting Saints. Oh yeah. Well, I, well I, I kind of tend to gravitate towards the uh, you know, like people after the first book, people would say, Are you gonna do another book? I was like, No, I don't want to do another book. It's a lot of work, you know, and you don't you don't really get a lot of money from it. People think it's this glamorous thing, and you really don't. Um, but as I, uh, oh, the, uh, the, uh, sorry, I'm losing my train of thought here. The, the, the pandemic happened, right? So we're all at home. We're all sitting at home looking for stuff to do. And somebody turned me on to this documentary about the California golden seals. Uh, it was on, uh, Apple, I think. And, um, and they were, they came into the league the same year as the North stars, 1967. Um, and, uh, I thought to myself, why don't, why is there a North stars documentary? Right? Like there's all kinds of books about the North stars. Um, but there's no documentary. It's like, why don't I make one? We're all at home looking for something to do, right? And not really a documentary, Absolutely. maybe called a YouTube series or whatever. But I started working on it, right? So when I divided it up into four parts, um, kind of by decade, 60s, 70s, 80s, and then you know, I'm working on the last one right now, the 90s. But you can't tell the history of the North Stars in the 70s without um telling the the story of the fighting saints because the WHA was a league formed uh to kind of compete with the nhl and try to steal their players over kind of like the aba and the nba 
um, and they competed for players and some players played on both teams and they competed for fans and that kind of eventually uh, might have killed both teams eventually. Um, but, uh, and that's where it was like, okay, so I'm, I'm learning all this research about these fighting saints, you know, and I grew up, I don't, I don't know if either of you have seen the movie Slapshot. Um, oh goodness. A, yes. Yeah. Classic, classic movie, raunchy, terrible. I get it. You know, I watched <laughs> it when I was a kid. I probably shouldn't have, I don't know. My dad knew how bad it was, but you know, we all grew up with this movie and these references from the movie and, and the one-liners and it's just, it's turned into a cult classic, right? We all know the scenes and everything that's happened. Well, as I'm researching this this part of the 70s and the and the fighting saints, I'm like, wait a second, that really happened. All of the pretty much everything in that movie actually happened, other than like the strip tease at the end. Every <laughs> event, every crazy thing you see really happened to either the Minnesota Fighting Saints or their their uh uh, uh Johnstown Jets farm team, and because players went back and forth and and so I'm thinking to myself, these guys kind of need their own story. Like, like I love the North stars, but this whole fighting saints thing, if you look in any like hockey book, there'll be like one chapter on the fighting saints, you know, in a North stars book, like these guys need their own story. A lot of them were, you know, Minnesota hockey players and they were, you know, they're kind of hockey pioneers and I felt like their story needed to be told. So I, I didn't know at first if it was going to be like a side kind of YouTube thing, or it was going to be a book, but it turned into a book. It's a great book. It's a great story. And I know we're here to talk about mostly football tonight, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about your, book, that. Uh, your most recent book about the Minnesota Fighting Saints. Hands down, one of the best logos in <laughs> Minnesota sports in Minnesota sports history. One of the 100%. best logos and one of the best in all of hockey. It's just a fantastic logo. I think that's why my dad had such affinity for it. If we're talking about Slapshot and we're talking about the Fighting Saints, you got to talk a little bit about the Hanson brothers and their connection to the North Stars, who are who are big players in that movie. It's just a, it's just a great movie. And I didn't want to have not I didn't want to have you on and not at least talk a little bit reference to the hockey stuff that you've done, which is just fantastic. It would be nice if maybe the Wild, you know, they're starting to. At first, they kind of wanted to separate themselves from those older teams to kind of gain their own identity, and then that completely makes sense, you know, when you're trying to create a brand and a and a you know following. But now they've started to embrace that you know, North stars history a little bit with those retros. And um, they did do a fighting saints night last uh, year and invited some of the players. So hopefully maybe, you know, maybe they do a wild fighting saints Jersey or something down the road. So who knows? That'd be great. And, and I think there's a lot of dads out there who uh, let their kids watch Slapshot before they were supposed to. <laughs> uh, I, my kids have watched budgeted versions of Slapshot, um, but not the, not the full, not the full Monty, not the full right. regalia. Right. It's, it's an absolutely fantastic movie from, <laughs> from a hockey standpoint. It's, it's just a great movie and a lot of great connections to Minnesota. We Let's grew up in a different flip- time, you know, our, our parents yep. kind of let us do whatever, you know. Absolutely. Let's pivot to football, which is the subject we wanted to kick off here a little bit. We're going to get to a food fight in a little bit, but let's talk All football. Right. Like Becky it. claims before we start, we're going to unveil a fantasy football pick'em league that we're going to start doing here. But we've okay. been doing food takes. We're going to transition away from that. We're going to do football. Becky likes to claim or has claimed that she's really good at fantasy football. I will say I'm a, I'm on a hiatus. I last year had a new baby. This year have a, a one year old. So I'm taking a little break. But I have I have a championship or two under my belt. Um, had a good political fantasy league going on. So um, shout out to my my teammates or you know uh, opponents there. But um, it's super fun. Obviously, you know my first couple seasons I needed a lot of help. Uh, my husband is a big f- football fan. We'll, get, we'll give him a little pass, but he is a Packers fan. So um, 
Yeah. And my I wife know. is a, Sorry to hear my that. wife is a big Green Bay. My wife is a big Green Bay Packers fan. So oh, both of us, Nick and I are both married to opposing team sports fans. You know, Michael gives me a really hard time because I conceded my son's sports attire for you know it was a. I didn't know that there's so many other things I felt like if I give him. He's not listening right now. If I give the husband the 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 Packers jerseys, I can win another kid thing. So uh, I've given him a little leeway. I do every once a year. We made an agreement once a year when the Packers have a bye, kid gets to be in purple and gold. It's tough for both. It's going to be a tough year for both of you, I think. Mm, yeah, and I it's agree. it's. I think it's if there's ever a reason to call Child Protective Services, this <laughs> is it. A parent voluntarily choosing to, a parent in Minnesota voluntarily choosing to raise their kid as a Packers fan. Oh, look at girls. you guys! Here I am sitting with two award-winning, best-selling authors. I mean, who am I over here, man? Rough crowd. Let's talk football. Now I'll start off a little bit. My family's had season tickets since '61. My family's <laughs> we've had tickets from the beginning. My my grandfather, Bernie Broadcorp Sr. Used to have a purple bus, take it to Metropolitan Stadium, and used to watch all the Vikings games. Season ticket holder from the beginning. He's uh, was very into the Vikings and the, and the Packers rivalry and all the games. Just really rich into the history of the Vikings. And he would tailgate at all the Vikings games. And in fact, I think one of the first times that Broadcourt was ever quoted in the media was my grandfather, who was quoted in Time Magazine saying that he didn't hunt to fish, that he just liked to party. And this was in <laughs> relation to tailgating relation to tailgating at the Vikings games. My dad then picked up the mantle after my grandfather passed away. He season tickets. My dad passed away a couple of years ago. And so those tickets have stayed in our family. My sisters and I, my four sisters and I keep kept them in the family. So we've been diehard. There's been a, a Broadcore family member that's been a part of the Vikings franchise since they started here in 61. What that means is I'm comfortable with misery and heartbreak. You're used to it. The other pain. Only a true um, Vikings fan understands it. And over the last few years, I've introduced my kids more to the Vikings, watching the games, and that experience has been shared with them now. They've been a part of losing games, losing seasons, in terms of ups and downs. There's, it's never a pure win for the Vikings, but there's been a lot of ups and downs through the season with the Vikings. But I want to turn it over to you and also to you, Becky. Even though both of us are somewhat, our opinions are somewhat shaded by our spouses, Let's try to keep this pro-Viking tonight and talk about Vikings history and talk about the upcoming season and try not to let our biases of our, of our spouses taint this conversation. You know, before before we kick things off, I just want to say, uh, you know, we're a political podcast and I often say in my day-to-day life that I don't know what's harder, being a Republican in Minnesota or being a Vikings fan. I mean, I think both are, are pretty Perfect. tough. Um, so you wrote a book all about the heartbreaks. Maybe break it down a little bit about how that book came about. Um, I, I mean, you mentioned a little bit on the on the front end, but maybe and then pick a you know top three, five biggest heartbreaks. Well, just I want to add, you know, he said he got his kids into it. My kid, he hates sports. <laughs> like I remember when he was little, he's like, "Why is Daddy yelling at the TV?" And he's crying, you know. And so uh, he's kind of always been turned off to minute sports, and sometimes I feel like. Well, that might be not be a bad thing, you know, like he it'll save him all that heartbreak. So, um, yeah, uh, I just I, like I said that, that, you know, I'd gotten that book offer to do it after the, the you know, the Barrero thing. And um, it kind of it kind of took off and, you know, it's it's done really well um, with the book is broken down into uh, kind of chapters about, you know, like there's, uh, you know, um, one about hockey, one about the Vikings, one about the twins, you know, so they kind of we kind of grouped them. 
Um, like when we're, we're setting it up, I, I kind of floated to the publisher. I mean, we could have a whole chapter about Randy Moss, you know, just like <laughs> all of all of his stuff alone. And he's like, no, 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 no. You know, and uh, um, and then the first chapter, we we kind of let the uh, we kind of let the people on the social network uh, uh, choose which were kind of their worst. We like set up this whole survey so people could go in there and rank them. And um, we narrowed it down to the top 12. Um, and, and I should throw this out there, too. Like on my calendar, the, the, the one that Barrero uses, we have over 400 events. Like there's that many bad things that happened in Minnesota sports over the years. You know, there's always the big ones, but there's like, there's a 400 and I had my teachers friends, you know, we, like we, at lunches, we would break this down and kind of um, rank them and like, okay, how are we going to decide which ones are going in the book? How severe are they? You know, like we had criteria for that. Um, Michael, you look like you want to say something. I just wanted to point out to our listeners. I follow both, obviously both Dan and Becky on social media. Dan and Becky both appear on my kind of notification list. And part of the reason Dan is because of his sports stakes, but also to follow this kind of daily calendar. And it is depressing every day. (laughs) It's like the opposite of daily affirmations. It's the opposite of here's a good message to feel good about the day. It's just depressing. And so often your tweets, Dan, will be sent around to a group and it'll just be like, it's just a reminder of pain almost every single day. And people have said, why do you follow this guy? It's, there's never any good news there. Like, how do you like that post? You know, but if you like it, you like interesting it. As you compile this together, and since you mentioned the social media and the calendar, I, it's something that I just read every day. It's the tidbit of the day. It's never good news. It's never good news. <laughs> Clearly, I have a dark sense of humor, you know, and at some yes. point, you have, to, you have to laugh at it. Like, how many times have you sat on your couch when we lined up for a field goal and went like this? You know, like, Oh my God. Like I can't even watch it. You know, the Blair Walsh thing. I had my eyes. I was doing this kind of like through it. It's like, Oh, you knew, you know, it's coming. We get that feeling in the pit of our gut. Like, like, Oh, it's coming. Like, even if we have like a 14 point lead in the fourth quarter, you're like, Oh man, it's coming. You know, it, 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 it's just hard to describe. Like only a true Minnesota Vikings fan understands that, you know? No, it's it's never, it's never there's it a game is never over. It's never over till the ends. And it's the wolves a, a 17 point lead in a minute and a half last or two year two ago. It's like you it's never over. Where does the Herschel Walker trade put in the context of worse things? Keeping this football related. It's got it's top four, I think. Um yeah. I don't have the list right in front of me at this point, but it's, it's in the top 12. I know that it's top four for me. I, I wanted to put, you know, for me, the biggest one was the North stars leaving because when they left, they took a, took a part of me with them, I think. And, and I've really had a hard time becoming a wild fan. I mean, I watched the games and I obviously root for them or anything, but really sinking into it. It's just, it's always been hard for me to make that connection. You know, it's kind of like, you know, some, somebody breaks up with you and you're, you're afraid to engage again, you know, and, and enter the dating pool. But uh, you know, and I, and I had this battle with the with the publisher, but what was going to go on the cover and the first cover he sent me had like all these happy, like sports moments. And I'm like, do you know what book you're making, man? And I wanted Norm green on the cover. He's like, you can't put a villain on the cover. So we had to compromise there a little bit, but, but yeah, I, I wanted Herschel. I think we, did we get Herschel on the cover? No, we didn't get Herschel on the cover. No, it was Gary Anderson that I had to fight to get on the cover. Gary Anderson, yes. I remember 
I remember getting in the car after the Herschel Walker trade was announced, and I was gleeful in the car. My dad telling me that I was an idiot. And it's one of the first times, the first of many times that my father would call me an idiot for things that I had done. But getting in the car, bebopping into the car, just like we got Herschel Walker. He goes, Michael, you're an idiot. <laughs> and just as and I just remember like yesterday, and he was spot on about it. And I was just and it's but that amazing. first game though, do you remember that first game when he ran out of the shoe against the Packers? We were all like, Oh, yes, we're going to the Super Bowl, right? Yes, he ran out of his shoe, and that was the best run that he had. That's what he ever had. Here's how much the Herschel Walker trade still bothers me. Good friend of my daughter's is her family is originally from, they lived in Dallas for a while. And the dad is a big, the dad is a big Cowboys fan. He and I just have standoffs all the time talking about the Cowboys and the Herschel Walker trade. My kids had a sleepover a few weeks ago. The dad showed up to the house wearing Dallas Cowboys attire. because he knew knew it would just poke. And um, he knows all about the Herschel Walker trade because I bring it up nearly every time I see him. And there's really going to be a limit as to how close of a friend this guy and I will ever become because he just (laughs) loves the Dallas Cowboys and I cannot get over the Herschel Walker trade. Well, it's funny because the people down there thought Jimmy Johnson was crazy. Like all the media were just like all over him. Like, what are you doing? And everybody up here thought it was the greatest thing ever. And Jimmy went, what did he say? He got in front of the media and said, I just committed the great train robbery. Cause it was the gift that keep kept on giving, you know, with he, all the compensatory picks, it wasn't just the players that we got rid of. He got more picks from us. And here's the, the little secret about it. Most people don't know that it could have been worse. Mike Lynn had to ne- renegotiate a settlement with Jimmy Johnson because he was going to get more compensatory picks. <laughs> it could have been worse. It's just terrible. Um, and three Super Bowls later, three Super Bowls later. Yes. The other one that comes to mind, and I've obviously read your book, it should be required reading for, it should be issued to every resident of the state, should be issued in every school, every kid should get a copy of it. If you're in, if you move to the state, you should get a copy of it with your welcome package from the state of Minnesota. Can I ask Vikings playoffs, New York Giants, that game? Was that 2041 donut you're talking? Was that 2001? Sounds about right. Somewhere in there. 41 Um, to nothing. Yeah, um, there's rumors, and these have never been proven, but that there's rumors that the Giants were stealing our signals, and that's why it was so bad. I don't know if you have you heard that one. I've never been able to document it. I've found people in newspapers talking about that, you know, claiming wow. that it happened. But wow, I've never heard that one. We lost Bud Grant this past year, or earlier yeah. this year. We lost Bud Grant, and he's such a staple of, of Minnesota sport. He's just an icon. Yeah, and go through a little bit of the Vikings kind of coaches and give aside from Bud Grant, I immediately go to Jerry Burns, but the one who's always the butt of every joke is Les Steckel. Um, <laughs> I'd be curious your take, good and the bad, on some of the Vikings coaches that we've had. Well, I think about Bud, and I think you know everybody always wants to talk about curses and why things do bad. You know the Vikings do bad and. And sometimes I look back to, you know, the whole hiring of the whole first head coach. I don't know if you guys know this, but there were five original Vikings owners and um, the two candidates were Norm Van Brocklin, who I don't think he had coached before. He had just won the NFL championship with the Eagles. He was a quarterback the year before. So they, three of them wanted Norm Van Brocklin. Two of them wanted uh, Bud Grant, uh, who was, I believe he was coaching in Winnipeg at the time in the Canadian football league. Um, and Bud Grant 
said, listen, I ain't going to be your second fiddle. And I'm going to take him. If you don't want me, I don't want you. Like, don't, don't make me dance for you. Right. I, I always, I always kind of respected that, but so they hired Norm Van Brocklin that day when Bud, Bud took his name out of the running and, and it started this whole thing with, cause again, uh, uh, Van Brocklin was a quarterback and he was a pocket passer and he didn't believe quarterbacks should scramble. And, you know, one of their first draft picks was Fran Tarkington. So that set up this kind of head to head, you know, uh, uh, budding between those two and they never got along. And eventually Tarkington requested a trade and, and, and Van Brocklin actually tried to resign twice. And the second time he finally did after uh, Tarkington um, um, requested the trade, uh, they hired uh, Bud shortly after that. And, and because Fran had already requested the trade, he was off to need the New York giants. But part of that trade brought in some of those big pieces that Bud would use to build those team in the seventies. So uh, yeah, I've heard of, you know, Bud's just a legend. I don't know if you've heard some of his stories on the radio about got almost dying in a storm, like a snowstorm yeah. as a kid. Like he was in a snowstorm up North um, and his parents thought he was dead for four or five days. He and his buddies were tra tra trapped in a car. Bud got out, tried to like hike it, finally found a place to stay, uh, got some help, came home, you know, three days later and his dad thought he was dead. It, it's just a great story. I know that's podcastable. Uh, but just, just a, dude, the guy was amazing. You know, Bud Grant was an amazing sports icon. I had the opportunity to meet him a few times. It oh, was wow. just remarkable. His son, Mike Grant, who is a football coach at sure. Prairie, I believe Yep, I he so. was when I went to Forest Lake high school, he was the football coach at Forest Lake high school, but he was also the tennis coach. So he was my yeah. tennis coach, obviously more focused on football than tennis. Don't want to take anything away from him, but he was, he certainly was a football guy and it was a great opportunity to get to meet him and talked to him a number of times, talked about his dad, but I had a great opportunity to meet Bud Grant. And it was having the opportunity that to, to meet a variety of people through the life. Bud Grant was just an amazing person just to be in the same presence of, and just remarkable, just a remarkable person. And it's tough, to, it's, it's sad to see him go, but such great, such a great legacy, such a great job in building this franchise and, and being a part of it. But he's just up there as one of the best coaches. I miss Jerry Burns. Jerry Burns was a great coach. <laughs> oh the the rant I'm, I'm guessing you're trying to get me to talk about the rant that's one of my favorite <laughs> favorite stories so first of all jerry burns was passed over for steckel because i'm guessing that's where you want to go they hired steckel and they passed over jerry burns who should have been the next coach and steckel was well, we can't we can't talk heartbreak if we don't talk less steckel for just a couple minutes <laughs> just a disaster the guy was uh he thought he could come in and be like a military you know drill sergeant and you just can't i mean he had he, you can't talk that way to professional athletes. They're just not going to do it. And, and he was, he was just, he was a disaster. What was it? Three and 13, one of the worst records ever. Uh, just terrible. Um, so then they, uh, I think Bud came back for one more year, Bud one came back season. for one more year. And then he retired a second time and Jerry Burns came in. Um, and, uh, Jerry Burns was more of an offensive minded coach and, uh, and everybody, you know, this goes back to our Herschel Walker trade here. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They, the, the, you know, everybody thought we were, you know, just a one player away, one running back away. And that's kind of why they made that, that uh, Herschel trade. Um, but, but the offense was not playing very well. And, and like they, everybody was after Bob Schnelker uh, because the offense was so bad. And, 
and because Schnelker was the offensive coordinator, like they had, from what I understand, there were buttons at the Metrodome that said no Schnelker or something like they were really going after this guy yep. um, for a while because, you know, Herschel wasn't working out and I've heard they weren't using Herschel properly. Right. That's kind of, they used him in a different formation. I'm not a great football X's and O's mind, but that's what people tell me they were using him improperly. Um, but the offense just wasn't playing well. And this was a game where I think they won it by like they had five or six or seven field goals, whatever the score was, they it was all field goals. So they didn't, they never crossed the goal line. I remember when I was a kid, we used to tell jokes is, you know, did you hear Schnelker couldn't find his way home last night? That's because they painted the goal line in front of his driveway. You know, just, oh, I know, isn't that terrible? It's terrible. Um, but so there's this game, I think it's the Rams they played and, uh, and somebody dumped a beer on Schnelker on his way up, up back in after the game. And again, they won this game, but the offense was not. And Jerry Burns get back there and just lets loose. And I have like a video of it on, on my YouTube channel of all the Effenheimer. Like I actually like S and I have a counter going next to each word F, you know, all the, all the <laughs> counters. And I have it beeped out, you know, cause I'm a teacher, um, but it's bleeped out. And, um, and my, it just, it's, and I'm almost positive it's Roycey in there. Cause there's a couple of times where Burns tries to walk away. Like I'm done. And then Roycey goes up, oh, but one more thing, you know, <laughs> just, just needling him, just needling him to get him going again. And it's one of the most fantastic videos and rants of all time. And, and Jerry Burns will out and, and gosh, do you remember when KQ used to do the uh, the bit the the coach Uncle Burnsy where he would tell oh, yes he would tell like birth, uh, like bedtime stories to little kids yep. like Goldilocks and the three meeping bears you know and he'd be swearing the whole time. I remember more just in, just from an age perspective. I remember more of Jerry Burns being the head coach than than Bud Grant. And right, me who, too. That's who I identify with. I, we're I coming into the Viking. We're coming into the upcoming Viking season. Give us your take. Are we one player away? Are we one player away this season again? Are we optimistic? Give us your take on the upcoming NFL season here for the Minnesota Vikings fans. Do I want your listeners to hate me or or think I'm realistic? Just be honest. <laughs> I think it's going to be a tough year. I I really think. Well, it's great having you here tonight, Dan. I really appreciate <laughs> the opportunity, and I hope to have you back. We'll buy your book wherever garbage is sold. So. <laughs> Keep going though. Get, think, give us, come on, give it to us straight. I think we're going to struggle defensively still. It might be a little better, but I don't know that Flores can, you know, you can't fix that overnight. And like I got into an argument last year on Twitter with somebody's like, oh, we'll just draft new players. I mean, we only had four picks. And how many of your draft picks actually start? I mean, you can't replace a whole defense in one year and a new system and and we were one of the worst in the league last year. I don't know we're going to be the greatest this year. Um, I think we still struggle on the offensive line a bit. Um, and we're, we're missing a few pieces there. Um, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm not, well, and here's the other thing too. Very rarely in Minnesota sports history has a team overachieved. Like, whoa, they had a great season and we weren't expecting that. Well, we should be better next year, right? Correct. Very rarely does that happen. I think it's only happened like once or twice. And one of those Jerry Burns teams in the eighties was one of them. It just doesn't happen. The Gophers have a really great surprising season. Don't expect, you know what I mean? That happened a couple of years ago with PJ and they did not get, you know what I mean? It's just, so you don't uh, expect the success that the Vikings had last year. To they had an easier schedule last year. They got a tough yep. first place schedule this year. Great. I mean, there's just so many things that, and again, I, I would love to be wrong. I'll, I'll, you know, 
I, I will celebrate it if I'm wrong and make fun of myself. But uh, um, as a jaded Minnesota sports fan, I feel it coming. Let me ask you a question. You think the Vikings win the Super Bowl in our lifetime? I think it's possible that, I mean, I don't oh, think I'm that negative. I mean, <laughs> I, know that, I know that I'll probably have a heart attack by the time it happens though. Cause like I'll get so anxious before the game, like all worked up and, and I don't know that I'll, maybe I won't see it then. So maybe I would die before it happens. So to answer your question, I don't know. I think it's possible. I just think. Becky, let's do a, let's our next episode should be about bone cancer. So yeah, sure it might be a little bit more optimistic. Holy moly. I will say my sister, I got to give a shout out to my sister. She, at her wedding, she had little cocktail napkins made that said best day ever, really big. And underneath it was small and said, until the Vikings win the Super Bowl. Oh, that's great. And she she married a Vikings, yeah. uh, a Vikings yeah. fan. So they were able to do that. But uh, it was pretty, pretty cute. So Dan, your prediction is not as good as last season. Yeah, I don't think it'll be awful, but I don't, you know, I, I, I think maybe I don't like to make number predictions because I, I don't know, but I, I just don't think it'll be as good as next year. We might make the playoffs, um, but uh, I, I don't think it's going to be as good as next year. I don't think it's gonna be awful either, but. So I asked my husband before this if he had any hot takes for me uh, on the Viking from side fan. from a Packers <laughs> fan, because, you know, I decided to, and he actually said. He really, really hopes that Ty Chandler has a standout season because he has them on both of his fantasy leagues. So he is rooting for one, one Viking. Okay. I'll take it. I like it. On a related Green Bay front, I went to Green Bay last year with family, went with my wife and others and saw Green Bay, saw Lambeau Field. It is an impressive town. As much as I hated every part of it, it is an impressive town. Did you go for the Vikings-Packers game? Saw the Vikings. No, I saw... um, Viking, I saw Packers Detroit. I saw Aaron Rodgers' last pass as a Green Bay Packer. They lost the game. I saw a a Packers-Steelers game uh, there two years ago also. It is a great stadium. Uh, Dan, have you ever been to Green Bay? I have not, but I mean, as a fan of history and a fan of, you know, stadiums, I mean, mean, yeah, I would definitely, I'd love to go. I mean, for sure. It's an amazing town if you're a, if you love history, you love sports history. You, it's a fantastic town to participate in. I, I was, um, I was, it was difficult to not enjoy the history of it. Yeah. My hope is that if we ever have to calibrate our nuclear weapons, we do it on Green Bay. <laughs> this is a test run. Um, but it's, uh, it was just tough. It was tough to be there. My wife had a blast. Uh, it was a, you know, wonderful experience for her. And she just lived, you know, loved being there. But it's a tough environment for a Vikings because you just, for a Vikings fan, because we don't have the championships. Right the passion and love that they have. It's just amazing. One of the things, and not to deviate too much and take too much of your time, but what's no. so amazing to me about Green Bay is how close it is, how it's literally right across the street are residential homes. And it's just the entire mm-hmm. community that exists in Green Bay for that team. It just makes me so angry. Have you have you heard the story of how they came about? This is a good one. Mm-mm. But So tell- when they were first started in the NFL, or actually it was the AFPA or whatever, when they, whatever, before they changed the name to the NFL, um, they were a football team, but they they weren't sure they were ready for that level. So they were going to play one game to kind of gauge their, their how they did uh, or how they would do and, and make their decision on staying in the NFL based on that. And um, the, the score was, uh, uh, I think they, or they played this team called the Minneapolis Marines, right? Minnesota team. 
And uh, they, I think they played in Green Bay. It was not here. They played in Green Bay. And the Packers actually won the game seven to six. And the reason they won was because the Minneapolis Marines missed a kick. <laughs> oh, come on. That sounds made up. So, nope, it's a true story. Um, and and so, the, therefore, the Packers decided to stay in the NFL and became what they are today and all that history. And, and matter of fact, the, one of the players on the team was Curly Lambeau at the time. Um, and so the kind of the moral of the story is that a Minnesota football team had the opportunity to destroy the Packers stop before they even started and it. And they didn't because of a missed kick. I mean, it's like a curse, right? I mean, you can't make make that up. I mean, it'd be incredible if you made that up, but it's so right. It just makes sense. You know, Dan, I was really looking forward to you coming on and I wanted this to be a good night, but boy, oh boy, you have just found a way just really bring it down. I really appreciate that. That's a great piece of history. And that's, I'm, I'm, it's unfortunate that this is being broadcast, but my wife will hear the podcast and she'll bring that up to me now. Boy, that's a tough one. But here's um, the deal. The thing, I, I, I don't know if it was on KFAN or Barrero, but, you know, heard somewhere from a broadcaster, sports broadcaster here in Minnesota that one of the best things that uh, the Minnesota Vikings sell is hope, right? We do. Spot on. We start every season so hopeful. I mean, maybe not this season now that Dan gave us the breakdown that we're you know going to crap the bat again. But, uh, you know, most seasons we start and we're so hopeful. It's our year. We're going to, you know, we got X player or X defense or new coach or whatever it might be. And we do, we get so hopeful and we ride it. I mean, it's like the roller coaster, right? You're, you're slowly riding up and then you just. Sounds like you want to talk about the twins up. next. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, and he, and he about right. Right. Becky and I have done all these podcast episodes. This is the first kind of non-political one that we've done. And the reason why, Dan, we wanted to have you on is because you are an expert. You are an expert on Minnesota sports <laughs> and that's the good, the bad and the ugly. And unfortunately, there's a lot of bad and a lot of ugly. And not as much good, but that's the reason why we wanted to reach out to you, why we wanted to have you on. Can't discuss Minnesota history to the level which Becky and I want to do for our listeners and not include a conversation with you about it. And so as much as this has been depressing, <laughs> it's been realistic. It's been true. It's been honest. And you get and that's the real that's the what we want to get with our guests. The re- reality is we're coming into this season and every one of us is optimistic. Every one of us is hopeful. But the reality is as you said, is probably more likely what's going to happen than the Vikings are going to get a, win a Super Bowl. I would say to you that I would like to win one before I pass. And I had a conversation with someone, a mutual friend of, of Becky and I, and he brought the subject up to me. He said, what would happen if the Vikings won the Super Bowl? And I sat there for like 15 minutes and we talked about it. And we think the state would just shut down. <laughs> yeah. There would be nothing would happen, that the Minnesotans wouldn't know what to do if the Vikings ever won the Super Bowl. How great. Oh, go ahead, Becky. I was just going to say how great because, you know, Minnesotans, like most states, love our parades. I mean, we would have a 50 below zero mid-February parade in Minneapolis. It'd be ridiculous, but it would be awesome. I I don't know. Like I said, my anxiety, those last two minutes waiting for that clock to tick down, knowing everything we've ever seen, I would, I'd prop my, I'd spike a blood, I'd have (laughs) to go to the hospital. You know what I mean? Pop a blood vessel in my brain or something. I better turn off my Apple Watch settings during Vikings games because it's they get so <laughs> wild. Dan, we're gonna use this, we're gonna use this opportunity to have you on to talk about the fact that we're gonna do one food more, one more food take with you. I like it. But the breakdown with Brock and Rebecca is gonna have a, a fantasy football pick'em league. 
And we're going to be sharing that on social media when this episode release. Our Instead of the space that we would normally do talking about food takes, Becky and I are going to be going head to head and we're going to encourage other people to join the football league. And Dan, I hope you would too. And join the league and give us your pick six and your pick every week and sure. pick them and have a little discussion. Becky has, there's been a lot of off air commentary from Becky that she can really bring it when it comes to fantasy football. I so hope, I hope I'm not that, overselling. I, I got to I gotta bring it somehow, right? Some confidence there. And so we've done this. So we're going to be releasing that on social media and we're going to encourage people to do that, but we're going to be spending each show for the rest That's of the good. football season talking about our picks and keeping track. It's a good transition to the, our final food fight. Now, I hope Becky doesn't overpromise on football because she's certainly overpromised on food fights. Dan, I don't know how familiar you are with our food fights, but this is an app. We've had this bit, this segment that's been running, came up very organically. Um, it started with Easter, and it started with ham and don't 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 say which side you're on, Dan. Yeah. All right, ham or turkey for Easter? Yeah, ham. Ham on Easter, turkey Thanksgiving. In general, if you're going to have, okay, fair. In general, if your wife, mother, loved one, you were going to a dinner and two choices were out, ham or turkey, which one would you choose? Right now, you're only seeing me from the neck down. I would take both. (laughs) Man, come on. You got to give us one. (laughs) You don't want to give either one one of us a win here. (laughs) I don't know that I can. Oh, all right. You think about it. So and then it's a the, fight. See if you can come back to it. So, so this if is they're both started, available, yeah. what are the sides? That might see, help. Now me this gets it. into the fight. See, this is the fight. So the food fight started with, I put out a tweet which said that I did not consider ham to be a main dish. At best, it's like an opening act or it's part of like the, the event. It's not a main dish. I don't agree with that. I, I just don't. I'm ham is ham is overrated, and so. Host after guest after guest after guest has come on the show and validated my position, which is that turkey is much more superior to ham. And so Becky just feeling a little short sighted here today. Not true. It's been that's that led to a a, a segment that we called food fights, where we come in and we debate a subject and come in. The final food fight is going to be over state fair foods. Are you ready for this? Yes. Now, Becky, you made some proclamations on social media about your knowledge of the state fair and your experience with the state fair. Go ahead for a moment. Yeah. So I've worked on a lot of campaigns, um, with campaigns, you spend a lot of time at the state fair. Um, I've, I've worked for candidates that have had booths. I work for the state party that has a booth. Um, one time in 2014, I was at the state fair 14 times in 12 days. Lots of experience at the at the fair of you know you know the secret bathrooms and the places to go to get the different things. So I did find this list a a little difficult because it's hard to go between the new foods and the classics. Sometimes if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Agreed. So this is this is where I I I do I'm gonna have to have a game time decision on my number five because I've got six on my list right here and I I don't know which one to go. Now, in the interest of disclosure, Becky, I didn't share this story publicly, but my first campaign I worked on was Rudy Boschwitz's campaign for the United States Senate. Boschwitz had a, a state fair booth there where he sold flavored milk. So I spent a lot of time at the Minnesota State Fair, too. And so I'm a big fan of the state fair. I'm prepared my list. I am absolutely also want to prepare my our guest for to be disappointed by Becky's list. <laughs> and I hope, Dan, that we've dipped a little bit into sports tonight. I do hope that you'll consider coming back. And I want to ask you that prior to hearing Becky's list because I don't want you to be offended and end the show and leave. So I do hope you'd consider coming back at some point. 
Oh, for sure. For sure. Great. All right, Becky, this is your subject. You go first. So I'm starting out with a classic. You got to go Pronto Pup with all the mustard, but Pronto Pup. Number one, delish. Every time. Have I'm impressed. Be. My number one, Pronto Pup. Yeah, baby. And and specifically Pronto Pup, not a corn dog. Correct. You know the difference, don't you? It's cornmeal versus, I don't know, the batter. Pancake batter. There you go. Dan? I did, so I'm doing my number one first, right? Number one, yes. So um, I am hate to disappoint you guys, but um, I'm not a Pronto Pup person. Um, I'd eat one. I wouldn't, like, be upset. I wouldn't, like, think it was gross, but it's just not my thing. Um, I'm a cheese curd, and I'm going to add with ketchup. Ooh. That's like how my son likes them. That's fantastic. I love mustard on the cheese curd. I oh. mean, mustard on everything, but. I'm a mustard person. Becky, your number two. So my number two was a was a new one. I don't know for sure that it's still there, but it was up at the Blue Barn, the Breakfast Lucy. So it was a sausage patty stuffed with cheese in between two pieces of Texas toast. A breakfast Juicy Lucy. Yum. My number two is dictated by parking because this is where we usually come in. And it's usually, so it's just been more out of tradition. It's the Australian battered potatoes with cheese, ranch. It's our first stop there. And generally what happens is we park. My son makes a comment about the miracle of birth building being gross. And then <laughs> we walk over and we get beer battered, Australian battered potatoes. And I've never been to Australia. I've always wanted to go. My hope is when I go to Australia, that there's just Australian battered potato stands everywhere. Along with outbacks, a lot of outbacks and a lot of, a lot of outbacks and crocodile Lindy stuff. <laughs> Dan, right, number two. I'm going mini donuts for sure. Tom Thumb mini donuts. Nice. See, this is where I'm going to have, this is not as much of a fight as normal because everything is just brilliant at a fair. Right. My number three, another classic. Got to get it every time. And I, I, I feel like this is where I'm going to get some, some pushback from Michael, the corn on the cob. Why? The roasted corn on the cob? I knew it. He gave me a hard time when that was one of my grill top grill items too. It's so good. They dunk it in that vat of butter. Mm. You eat it with the husk, you feel a little like, I don't know, old school. Okay. Your list is not as disappointing as I thought it would be. Okay. My number three is Tom Thumb Mini Donuts. I love them. They're just fantastic. It's classic. Absolutely love them. It's just, and they're good for you too. That's the advantage mm -hmm. of everything at the State Fair. Everything's good for you. Right. I'm sure the corn is fantastic, but I can't eat it anymore. I'm kind of at that age where I can't eat certain things. I said the taco salad at the Mexican hat. That's great. Interesting it's a great choice. I When I get to fairs, I kind of like the Mexican food stands. I don't know why. Yeah. I just I kind of gravitate towards it. That's great work. Becky, you're number four. My number four, garlic fries. That, that my, my, are, come on, they're delicious. Oh my God. And you can't, the breath afterwards is horrific, but the booth I was at one time was right across from there. You can't smell that for 14 days or 12 days and, and not have it a couple times and just follow them off. Uh, my number four is uh, all you can drink milk. Ugh. Classic. Good for you. Get some donuts. It's like Ron, uh, Ron Burgundy. Milk was a bad, a bad choice. choice. Great yeah. choice. It's great choice. It's good for you. Get some donuts, sit there for a while. People watch. It's fantastic. Do I look like somebody who eats things that are good for them? <laughs> <Exactly>. Michael gave, <laughs> no, gave me a hard time recently that uh, I haven't had a glass of milk in dozen some years. Sounds right. awful. Like literally a hot day. 
all you can drink milk sounds like my worst nightmare. I'm with you, Becky. Um, my number four, and this one kind of goes out to my kid. Uh, last year was like my first time at the fair in a long time, and I had to be out there for some book pub. And my kid is a celiac. So trying to find places for him to eat. There's a little place called Auntie M's, and they make uh, all safe food for him. So the funnel cakes there, you if you ate them, you wouldn't even know they were gluten-free. So this probably isn't much of a fight, but um, that's, that's I, you know, I found out about the food fight five minutes before we were going to start. <laughs> that's great. That's a good but good pick. Becky, yeah. you're number five. My number five, I decided I, I made a game time decision between them. Um, there was, I haven't had them in a couple of years there, so I don't know if they still exist again. Um, at O'Gara's, they had pretzel curds, so they were cheese curds, but they had a pretzel outside. Wow. Mm. Two very sounds enthusiastic good. thumbs up. That sounds good. Um, mine, that's terrible. My number five is the, just the basic, the fresh French fries. I love the French fries there. They're just fantastic. I do have an honorable mention for number six, but Whoa, I want to get to I gave an honorable mention one time and it was World War Three. I want to so. go to Dan for his number five. So my number five, I don't even think it exists anymore. So I'm going way classic. When I was a kid, and this was before, like the only tacos you could really get was we had the old hard shell taco, uh, crunchy tacos from Taco Bell before they even came out with a soft shell. Out at the state fair, there was this stand that had soft shell tacos, and they weren't just soft shell, they were like this big, they were huge. And like at some point, they just weren't there anymore. I don't know what happened to them, I don't even remember the name of the stand, but I always think about going out there and getting one of those giant soft tacos. And if you if you're listening to this and you didn't see that Dan's hand was the size of a uh, the size of a car tire or a steering wheel, <laughs> they were big. That's big. Yeah, my honorable mention is the Hamlin Church Dining Hall Meatloaf, which I've, I haven't had in a while, but it's so good. It is so good. Ham, the Hamlin Church Dining Hall is great out there at the Minnesota State Fair. Dan, I want to thank you. Becky, I want to thank you, too. That was our final food fight. We're probably going to talk. We're probably going to touch on the subject later on in future episodes, but that's our last planned food fight. And uh, it was great to do it with you, Becky. Great segment. Great run. Learned a lot about you and very disappointed with what I learned. Very disappointed, including tonight. Um, very disappointed with the list. It, I do what I can. Just, I mean, not everybody can have the caliber of, of food tastes that you do. I know. I do have a sophisticated palate. Very clear. <laughs> Dan, where can people follow you uh, for all of your wonderful Vikings history takes, uh, sports takes, twins takes, every take that you have available? <laughs> That's kind of dangerous. Um. Uh, I'm a, a, at Winnesota on all the uh, the Facebooks, the the Instagrams, the Twitters, the X, whatever you want to call it, the artist formerly known as Twitter, whatever. Um, it's the same name everywhere. Um, the books can be found on Amazon. Um, um, yeah, it's been and great to be here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the offer. And to clarify to everybody, it is when W H E N E S O T A, correct? Yes. Yep. All right. Fantastic. Well, we're, I, I learned a lot today. Excited to go read the books. Going to make the husband Packer fan uh, read them as well. So we want to thank you for listening to the breakdown with Brad Corp and Becky. Before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the platform where you listen. You can also leave a review on our website at bbbreakpod.com. Again, the website is bbbreakpod.com and we're at on Twitter at bbbreakpod. The Breakdown with Brad Corp and Becky will return next week. Have a great one.